Good evening, good evening, good evening. Welcome to the show. It's Real Talk with the Six Man. I want to first and foremost thank God for blessing me with this day. Thank God for blessing me with this time. And thank God for just blessing me with the ability to make an attempt to do what I'm getting ready to do. I've been telling myself that I want to think outside of the box. And here it is. I'm, I'm thinking outside of the box. And I'm actually acting on thinking outside of the box. Um, I want to thank um, my family, my friends. I want to thank supporters. I want to thank anybody who um, accepted an invite on any of my social media platforms this week, last week. Um, I just want to thank everybody for the feedback that I've gotten in regards to this project and I'm 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 excited, I'm nervous. Um I'm a little bit of everything. I have a little bit of mixed emotions about the project and I'm just excited and a little overwhelmed with joy with the opportunity to do this cuz it just seemed like I was asking questions, I was getting answers, I was getting good feedback. I was I got text messages from people that I haven't received in a while in regards to the project. I got a I got a nice inbox on Facebook today from a colleague that I uh was in college with and she encouraged I mean she encouraged me so much, man. It brought a tear to my eye. Just to hear how her, you know, how her 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 encouraging words were, you know, so, you know, heartfelt because she know me. And she and she's seen some of my downs and she's been watching me on social media or watching me through Instagram or Facebook or whatever. And just basically telling me that I'm that I'm doing a good job and I need to keep doing what I'm doing. So I appreciate the love. I definitely um, appreciate all the support. And I and I definitely hope not to let you guys down. I hope that I can work hard enough to make this show a success. And if anybody knows me, knows how hard I work. And if I can work hard enough and work diligently enough on this show, I'm hoping to bring you all a great finished product. So let's get into it. Tonight's episode is titled The G-Code. What's understood don't need to be explained. And my question is, how have the rules of the G-Code changed? Have they changed? How do they apply to today's younger generation? And this show is is basically dedicated to Makaya Wilson, a young lady who lost her life Tuesday night in front of her house just playing. And we had four ignorant, I'm going to just call them ignorant, male individuals who got out of a vehicle in this northeast neighborhood and shot off 70 rounds. And this young lady ended up getting hit and has lost her life. I watched the video of her mother trying to speak to the people on Fox 5. And it hurt me just watching her, thinking about my four-year-old 
if that was her? And how would I feel? I couldn't imagine what that feels like. I don't think any parent should have to bury their child. That's, I don't know what that feels like, and I really don't. I really don't care to know what that feels like. So I'm definitely dedicating this show to Makaya Wilson and her family. Rest in peace. The G-Code. The G-Code is not something that is in a textbook. The G-Code is not something that people can automatically be taught. The G-Code are rules of engagement that are necessary in order to play a particular role in the environment that you live in, depending on what you're involved in. Now, everybody knows that the G-Code specifically is the rules and regulations for conducting yourselves in the street. I mean, that's just plain and simple. And it's, and it's really, really, really hard to narrow down specific roles. But if you played that game long enough, if you played that game and and paid attention and listened and took notes, you know exactly what the G-Code is. And it just seems like the G-Code has changed. It seems like the rules of engagement have changed, especially in regards to this situation with Micaiah Wilson. Because one of the rules of the G-Code is never to hurt women or children. And I just don't understand where this rule has diminished. And so I went on Urban Dictionary to look up a few definitions. And one of them say briefly, the G-Code is a set of very basic rules that if you follow very carefully, you will have the upper hand on anyone who means to do you harm. Hmm. It says that the G-Code is a way of life, a survival technique that has endured conflicts since the arrival of the first slave on the eastern seaboard. That's interesting. And then it has another one. It says it's a set of rules to live by, a code of conduct for surviving in the streets. I like that one. A set of rules to live by, a code of conduct for surviving on the streets. And then it says, I live by the G-Code. I die by the G-Code. Hmm. I think that was a good one. And then it's another one. Uh, This one says, to not snitch or talk to the police about criminal activity, a.k.a. keeping your mouth shut. Hmm. And then this one says that it's the G-Code stands for ghetto code. It is generally used to describe the old gangsters 
the street veterans who are from the ghetto or the hoods, as some like to call it. To be born in the G-Code is something to be proud of. It means you are a hard-ass gangster and no one can fuck with you. This is not my words, y'all. This is straight out the Urban Dictionary. Right? <clears throat> so, the two that I would like to focus on tonight is G-Code, set of rules to live by, a code of conduct for surviving on the streets. And then I also want to focus on to not snitch or talk to police about criminal activities, a.k.a. keeping your mouth shut. Okay. I was trying to see if I can find one directly related to um, related to the story, but I can't find one at the time, so I'm not gonna keep looking for it. But so let's let's dive right into this. A set of rules to live by, a code of conduct for surviving on the streets. Code of conduct for surviving on the streets can be very complicated. And it also depends on the type of lifestyle that you conduct yourself in the streets. I mean, you could just be somebody who, you know, enjoys hanging out with the fellas, um, you know, smoking your weed, you know, drinking your drink, and just, you know, being a friend of a friend who may be in the street and you not necessarily be in the street. Or you can be that person that's definitely in the street, smoking drugs, you know, drinking, selling drugs. Or you could be somebody who, you know, might be protecting somebody else who's who's in the street and you, you know, so to speak, they enforce it. So it's all types of different codes and, and, and rules of engagement depending on what part you play in the street. But when I was coming up, I had older dudes that would talk to me. <clears throat> I was fortunate. I had dudes that would talk to me and basically tell me that they didn't think that it was a it was a need or or necessary for me to even you know participate in some of the things I was participating in, in the street. And growing up in Southeast was not a not a not a very good thing at the time when I was young, but I definitely. Um, adapted to my environment. And I shared a story um, on a friend of mine's podcast, Ministry, my man CJ, about uh, two weeks ago. And I basically shared a story about how I used to get beat up in elementary school. It was a guy, he used to come to my school almost maybe once or twice a week. And he would meet me on the playground and he would literally beat me up. Now, I fought back, but of course, I think I'm in the fifth or the sixth grade at the time. And I believe, if I'm correct, he was either in the seventh or eighth grade. And he was literally walking from his junior high school to my elementary school to fight me every day. And I remember one day he uh, came to the school 
and he fought me. And I was walking home. And as I was walking home, I bumped into an old head. And he was like, what's up, Kevin? What's going on? Why you crying, man? What's all that blood on your shirt? What's going on? I was like, man, nigga just beat me up, man. I'm tired of this nigga always messing with me, you know, woo woo. He was like, man, you're going to have to learn how to protect yourself, Holmes. I mean, I, I, you say you fought back and he was bigger than you, but what you going to do when he come back? I was like, man, I don't know. I'm tired of this dude messing with me, whatever, whatever. And he was like, all right, man. He was like, man, you know, when you go home, get yourself together, man. Come back and holler at me, man. I might have something for you. It's going to cost you $50, though. So I said, okay. Chalked it up. Went home. And um, changed up. I ain't really talk about it too much. And I know, I think it happened one more time before we were able to sit down. My mother, the guy's mother, us, and a police officer, he was uh, facilitating the um, the meeting. And so we sat down to try to figure out what could we do to get this dude to stop bothering me or just trying to figure out, you know, what what was the you know, what was the point? What was what was the reason, you know, what was the reason for this dude bothering me? And there was just something about him and his demeanor in that meeting that let me I mean in the police station that let me know that, you know, this little meeting that we were having wasn't gonna stop him from coming to my school to fight me and beat me up. And so I remember Walking home from school one day, and uh, I stopped to talk to the guy again, the old head, and he asked me what I wanted to do. I told him I wanted to make sure I could protect myself from the dude. He was like, okay. So we walked back towards the alley. <clears throat> he was like, you got $50 on you? I was like, yeah, I got it. He reached down in his rock. And pulled out a gun. And if I remember correctly, it was a 38 special, six shots. <clears throat> I gave him the fifty dollars. He gave me the gun and the sock. He gave me like five or six bullets, I believe. And just told me to protect myself. And from that day, my life changed. It literally changed. And mind you, I'm in the sixth, I'm in the fifth or sixth grade. Nothing about this G code I know about yet at all. I just know that I want to protect myself. And if this was the way I had to do it, then I was gonna do it. And so I remember, um, I remember I don't know how many days later, but I remember the dude tried his hand again, and just so happened. I had the gun on me in school. And he walked up on me. And I remember pulling the gun out and just telling him, you know, this was it. He wasn't going to put his hands on me no more. I was done with that. And I remember pointing it at him. And I don't really think I, I, I was going to shoot him. I don't think. I mean, it wasn't my intent at that time. But he thought I was. And I think that he can see the seriousness in my face that there was a chance that if he, you know, got any close to me or stepped to me, that I was going to put one in his ass. 
And so, um, I just remember after that day, everything changed for me. It was, it was different. I was different. Um, I, I became different. I was a good kid. I hung out with, you know, all the other good kids in the neighborhood. Um, you know, rode my bike, played football, throw back tackle, all that. And it just seems like, you know, once elementary school was over with and going from elementary to, to junior high school, something just changed. Uh, I changed areas. I changed areas. I changed um, school districts. So I was kind of going to school in the Northeast, but still living in Southeast. So it was a little bit of a difference. And I went to a school called Rabot Junior High School. And nobody on my side of town really knew um, about Rabot Junior High School. Mostly the people that knew about Rabot were the people who either attended Rabot or the people who lived on that side of town. And so I remember having this red book bag when I was in junior high school. And I always kept this red book bag. And I remember one time I was at Fort Totten Station and I was with my homies. And some dudes walked up on us, you know, bothering us or whatever. And I went in that book bag and pulled that thirty-eight out. And all my homies' face lit up like, he got a gun. And then, like I say, from there, it just, I just changed. I had this, I had a different attitude. Um, it wasn't totally um, a fuck the world attitude, but it was a, it was a, it was a clear attitude that I wasn't going to be messed with no more. But as life went on, you know, I got into a little trouble, uh, had a few mandatory vacations that I had to take. And with it, with, with all that being said, from the time I bought that gun to the time that I start, you know, getting involved with street activities, whether it be smoking weed, drinking, gambling, selling drugs, whatever it may be, the rules of certain games that I was involved in were 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 gained through experience. And so my 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 basic premise for this episode tonight is trying to figure out where those rules broke down. I mean, are these old heads talking to these dudes who shot at this little girl? Did they even speak to them? You know, did they even let them know that, you know, this wasn't a good look for them to do? I mean, because women's, women and kids were supposed to be hands off, period, period, point blank, hands off. And for some reason, in my heart of hearts, I feel like there's still a lot of good dudes out here. I mean, because I'm considered an old head now. And I'm considered a good dude. And I think I consider myself, when I talk to a youngin', I consider myself being somebody that, you know, tries to point to him the best I can. And I'm almost certain that these four young dummies had somebody that spoke to them to, told, to, to tell them that this wasn't going to be a good look. That if they had a beef 
you know, they need to confront the person that they got the beef with, not, you know, the whole neighborhood. It just don't it just don't work like that. It just don't work like that. And I'm pretty sure that the old heads told them that this was not a good look. And these youngins is so reckless and so messed up in their minds that they don't care. I mean, they well, I mean, first and foremost, they don't have no respect. They don't have no regard to life. And they don't really have no good positive role models in their life. So it's hard. It's hard to even talk to them sometimes because they think they know everything. And so with that being said, it's it's one of them things where I'm hoping that the code can be explained in depth a little bit more to these jokers that want to play this game because the rules have not changed. Certain rules definitely have not changed. And the rule of not harming a woman or a child is a rule in my mind that has not changed and should not ever change. But apparently on this day, Tuesday, the 17th of July, that rule was thrown out the window by these four individuals. And I'm just here to try to figure out what can we do to put a street code in perspective in terms of this incident. And I know everybody, you know, is going to be a little up and down on, you know, how I'm approaching this, but everybody don't go to work. Everybody don't have a nine to five. Everybody don't have the same drive as most hardworking individuals as myself do. And guess what? It took time for me to get that drive. Luckily for me, God rest God rest his soul. My father had a had a hell of a drive. I mean, he was a a, a, a truck driver for over thirty years, and my father could get up in the morning, four o'clock in the morning, take a double shot of Hennessy drink two Heineken's and get in his truck and get it going. And so me and my brother, we got the same type of, we got the same type of stamina, man. When we get up, we go to work, we grind, we get it in, we get it in. It's other people. It's a lot of people that don't know how to do that. It's a lot of people that want the easy way out. And the easy way out in their mind is the street, even though that's not the easy way out. It's the easiest way in their mind to make a living or to live, but it's not the easier way. The easier way is to get up, go to work, come home, get up, go to work, come home. But some people live the street life. And so I want to keep it in perspective with the street life because this G code is embedded in that street life. And there's so many rappers who have um, who have graced us with some of the codes verbally in raps. Biggie Smalls, uh, Tupac, uh, my man, Scarface has gone through a, fru- a few of these codes. And it just seems like these new rappers, this new day and age stuff, it's just out the window. And it's just it's just different. 
I mean, it's it's not it's not the same no more. And the impact that it's having as a result is 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 devastating. Because now we got kids that's just outside in front of their house playing, they dying. They dying. And I mean, the reason why I keep saying that is because I I, I can't imagine my daughter, my little Gianna. I, I I couldn't I couldn't imagine how that would how that how how I would feel if that happened to me. I don't and I don't even want to imagine, but I can only imagine how that mother felt or any parent who has lost a child in any way, whether it was, you know, by gun violence or by the hands of somebody else. I mean, I just I can't I can't imagine. I can't imagine it, and so I'm trying to figure out. What do we do to to enforce certain codes on these young on these young brothers? Because some got to give. I mean, I always hear that the young is crazy. We shouldn't be talking to them. They got guns. What that mean? They got guns. We had guns too. I mean, shit. We used to beat them, and we can't go and talk to them. We can't see see them eye to eye. I mean, we can't go to them like men with no disrespect. And and, and, and and just talk to them. I mean, I know we got to be careful. I know we got to watch what we say. I know we can't let tempers flare, body language and all that. But it's something that we can do. It's something that we can do. And I definitely want to be a part of the solution. So from this day going forward, I'm going to try to talk to whoever I can. Council members, uh, 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 advocates, um. I'm just going to talk to however many people I can to see what type of solutions we can come up with that can help impact this violence that's going on in our city. Because it, it, it just has to go. I, wa- I was watching Big G uh, video and I posted it on my um, on my Facebook page, um, Real Talk with the Six Man on Facebook. Um, and he was just basically like, we can't have it. And we can't. We can't have that. We got to get back into our communities and talk to these young men like young like, like the old heads used to talk to us. And I know we busy. We got lives. We got kids. We got our own schedule. But we got to get back out here and talk to these youngins. And I mean, if, if, if we got some youngins that respect us, I don't care if you're from Southeast, Southwest, Northeast, Northwest. If you're my age, if you're 40 or better, you know some youngins that look up to you. And you know some youngins that respect you. And if you can go to one or two of these youngins and just rap to them and see what's going on, pick their brain. Let's find out how we can fix this. Because, I mean, it's, 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 getting, it's getting to the point where you can't even come outside. Like, you're scared to, like, be in your own neighborhood. And, and that's not cool. I remember back in the day... In the summertime, like now, I mean, we was outside all night. And when the streetlight came on, your mother better see you on the porch, in the parking lot, in that designated area. And you you was good. If you was in that designated area while that, while that streetlight was on, you was good. If you wasn't, that was a different story. Totally different show. But if you was if you if you was in that that vicinity, that little designated area, you was good to go. You was golden. And it just seems like Nowadays, is 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 just these new drugs, 
and 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 no no respect, no regard for life, and no positive role models in in, the, in these young men's life. And I feel like as men, we gonna have to step up. We gonna have to step up. We gonna have to step in, and we gonna have to find a way to talk to these brothers. We gonna have to, because I'm pretty sure that these dudes are somewhere right now arguing with each other, trying to figure out who shot that little girl. Because when I saw the video of them getting out the car, I mean, it just looked so ridiculous. It just looked so stupid compared to some of the stuff that I've seen or that I've been involved in. And I just say that to say that, you know, if you if you had beef with somebody, you dealt with that person. You know what I mean? I don't want to get too descriptive, but you you dealt with that person one on one. Or, or or however the situation led you But you dealt with that person You didn't deal with that person's family You didn't deal with that person's mother That person's grandmother You know that person's kids if they had children You dealt with him or her Personally Not jumping out the car Shooting at everybody I mean it, they don't even know how to shoot They don't even know how to shoot 70 rounds 70 rounds And they shot I, I I was told three adults and and the little girl. So that's four people, seventy rounds. Come on. Is 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 not even making. It's not adding up. It's not making no sense. It's not making no sense. And I'm just trying to figure out how do we make sense of this and how do we become a part of the solution. Because it's already a problem. How do we how do we become a part of the solution? And so I know that we need to come together and figure out some creative programs for these young brothers and sisters. We got to, you know, figure out how we can mentor them, figure out what they like, figure out, you know, what they like to do. We need to first sit down and just talk to them because I know there's some apprenticeships out there. I know there's some mentorships out there. I mean, hell, I even did one, um, a youth program. Uh, it was called, um, what was it called? Let me look it up. I'm going to look it up on my computer real quick. It was called, excuse me. It was called the Free State Challenge Academy. It was an 18-month program. And this program is based out of Aberdeen, Maryland. And... It was one of the um it was one of the awkward I called it awkward an awkward time for me because I had never mentored somebody I had never took time out to talk to a young man, but it ended up being a decent situation, and I ended up you know enjoying it and it was a friend of mine who called me up one day and and, and similar to some of the feedback I've been getting positive feedback I've been getting. She was like, I've been seeing what you're doing on Facebook. I see what you're doing with your daughter. I see what you're doing with your kids. And I remember you from high school. And I remember how you used to get down. But I see something different in you, and I want to know if you can talk to my son. I was like, what? And so it's a lot of stuff that's have, that, that has impacted me throughout my life. And one of these uh, situations in terms of me being in this program, among other things, 
like, you know, prison ministry and some of the other stuff that I that I get involved in. It changed my life because here it is now I'm talking to a young man who is not a bad kid like me, but just making some bad choices like I did. And here it is. I have an opportunity to sit down with him for 18 months, get in his head and, and figure out what's going on and try to get him a job and lead him on to a different path. And it was a it was a great experience for me. Free State Challenge Academy. The phone number is 410-436-3220. It doesn't give me a name, but it just gives me the phone number. And if I can find a website. And it just looks like that the website is free state mil dot maryland.gov. Again, it's free state mil dot maryland.gov. That's the website. And they got a a nice website that shows you the different classes, the things that they do. And I mean, it was a pretty, it was a pretty decent, it was a pretty decent setup the way they deal with the kids. And it's for, and it's for males and females. And it's a military, it's a military style structured uh, uh, program and it works. If you can work the program, it works because you definitely you know, it is definitely it's definitely different than what some of the kids are dealing with today, and it gives you a a a a, a bit of a accountability when you mess up. It's certain things you got to do. I mean, I don't want to take y'all through the whole spiel, but check it out. If you got a young brother or young sister who need to be corrected, this program is definitely a good one. They always looking for volunteers. I actually sent out a couple volunteers to to go and um, and, and, and um, become a mentor. And I think a few guys that I know they did it. And um, you know it, it it works though. And I'm just saying, you know, I'm not gonna say that this works for everybody, but you know we got to try to figure out something. We got to try to put our kids in, in in a better situation than they are now. I mean this generation that's up under me is off the chain and I'd be damned if I let my daughter and her generation get caught up with any of this. I mean, because I want them to be the ones that help try to turn stuff around, you know, to become politicians and change laws and get things, you know, going in the right direction. I mean, cause we, we need it at this point. I mean, it's 2018 and it just seems like, you know, we not taking full advantage of certain things to really attract and talk to the generation that, you know, that's just, is it, they just killing themselves. And so, um, I, I, I wanna, I wanna be a part of the solution, like I said, because it's already a problem. And I definitely wanna, you know, uh, attract some people that's gonna help me get the word out. I wanna help as much as I can and be as impactful as I can. Because we need it. It's time.
It's time, y'all. I want to close. I want to close by saying I'm a true believer in everything happening for a reason. And I'm also a true believer in there's a lesson in everything. And throughout this journey, I'm going to share some stuff with y'all about me that you may or may not have known about me. And I wanted to be structured and I wanted to have some 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 meaningful content behind it. I don't want to just share my life story and my experiences and not line it up with something, you know, that's going to impact you or a current topic or, you know, just something. I don't want to just say a story and then that's it. I want to be able to size it up with a meaningful um a meaningful reason for me for me telling you the story and so that way you can understand where I'm coming from because I notice that a lot of times people don't really listen to people unless they can feel where they're coming from and when I say I was in the street I was I've, I've done mandatory vacations and I've done a lot of this stuff out here that these youngers have done and more that's real talk and the reason why I can talk about it is because I already lived it. And there's not going to be nobody that can ever say that I didn't live and do what I say I did. And I don't want to brag. I'm not boasting. I'm just saying that I would rather it come from me and hit them in a way where it impacts them because they know I'm keeping it 100 with them. And, 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 that's, and that's just my goal right now. That's my focus. My focus is to help people be better. Look for better opportunities. Um, highlight these business owners out here and, and, and find out how they got there. What, what did they have to do? What, 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 you know, what road did they take to get there? I mean, the, the, the street, everybody come from something. I mean, the street is out there, but everybody come from something. And, you know, if you do plan on becoming an entrepreneur or a business owner, they need to know these 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 youngers need to know what it took to get it and not not this not this street life. I mean, I know f for some of us, we were fortunate enough, myself included, to be involved with the street and be able to get away from it and now have a different path. Well, we need to now turn around and do the same thing for this for this younger generation. Show them that, that there's another way. Now, we got people out here who just only know that life. And I know a couple friends like that. And I, I ain't mad at them. They take care of their kids. They do what they need to do. And I don't judge them. Just like they don't judge me for going to work every day. We got a mutual agreement. And we definitely just need to get that that word out to these to this younger generation on how much work that we got to put in and how consistent our mind and our decisions have to be better <clears throat> in order to get into a better place. We really do. So I just wanted to allow myself this time <clears throat> to speak, be myself, and keep it real with y'all, straight from the heart. I hope this... I hope this was impactful. I hope you got something from it. And like I say, I'll continue to get topics, 
have guests and just try to make this show a good, good, good show. Make the product a finished product and a great product. So I'm going to sound off tonight. I hope y'all be careful out there. Be safe. Be easy. And be better than you were yesterday. Out.